Hello and welcome to another episode of Victor's Corner. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, one half of the Codex Prime podcast, and today is September 29th, 2022, and I am holding down the fort uh, this week, um, post uh, episode 300. Um, I just wanted to, you know, provide uh, some, uh, some, you know, Codex Prime uh, content um, as were you know you know still still taking a break from uh, episode 300 and once again we thank everybody who was uh, there alive at the Cornerstone Complex in Pawtucket, Rhode Island uh, a couple weeks ago on the 17th. Um, it was it was lots of fun and um, we thank everybody who showed up and showed out uh, at that time and we also thank everybody who took the time to uh, listen to our episode uh, which is available on all across all platforms spotify soundcloud uh you name it um, episode 300 is available to, uh, to listen to if you haven't had a chance to uh, catch up with that um as I'm, and as I uh, move into uh, this week's uh, uh, this week's episode of Victor's Corner, um, I do want to give a uh, a special shout out to uh, my friend and co-host Carl Bird, who is going through a most difficult time uh, with the passing of his father. Um, just know, brother, uh, you know I'm, I'm thinking thinking of you, and um, I hope that you're holding up well. And uh, you know, once we <clears throat> uh, get back on the uh, the Codex Prime horse with episode three hundred one, uh, hopefully, um, hopefully you'll, you'll continue to um, you know keep your head up and uh, just know that you know I'm here for you. You know, Afton, you know she's there for you as well. You know, you know we're the Black Excellence crew, and uh, you know we we got your back, man. So let us know, let us know if you need anything, Carl. So uh, and and if you're taking time to listen to this, man, you know we appreciate you, man, and we love you. So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, here I am, uh, just holding down the fort uh, for this uh, this week's uh, uh, Codex Prime esque uh, content. Um, it's been a while since I've did since I've done one of these Victor's Corners. Actually, you know, the last one I did was back in December, twenty twenty one, with uh, my reviews of Blank Man and Meteor Man. Uh, speaking of which, uh, shout outs to uh, our Buffalo variants, our Buffalo Brothers, Pop Stew. Uh, Aaron Ferguson, Chris Stewart, aka AK and your main man Stubert. Uh thank you guys so much as well as uh uh your wives for uh, joining us uh to go coming all the way from Buffalo, seven hour drive all the way to Rhode Island, uh just to uh just to join us, man. And we thank y'all so much uh from the bottom of our hearts uh for uh, taking time uh to come see us. Uh we I see you I see you, Chris Stu- Stewart in the chat. Yeah, thank thank you, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me uh, for this week's uh, episode of Victor's Corner. Um, and and you know, and, and now that you're here, uh, Chris, you know, I, with with I've given it some thought, and um, you know, I I, I will say that uh, uh, Man of Steel is just uh, one not is is on the same notch is on is on the same notch as Birds of Prey. So you know they're, they're they're right here they're right here in the DCEU. So you know that's uh, that's my consolation prize uh, uh, for me to you. Um, you're welcome. I, I see Carl in the chat. Uh, thank you for joining, my brother. Uh, hopefully you're feeling feeling better. Hopefully you keep your head up uh, during this time. Um, so yeah, for uh, for those of you who are uh, looking at my Zoom background uh, for this episode, uh, it is uh, a picture of the Woman King. Uh, which I will be reviewing in a bit, as well as uh, the uh, latest A24 horror movie, Pearl. And I'll also get into some news about uh, the the big news uh, this week for all the MCU fans about Deadpool 3. Uh, 
and my thoughts on that. Uh, but before we get into all of that, um, I do come here with uh, some, with a somewhat, somewhat somber, uh, and 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 somewhat um, downbeat uh, note. You know, after two and a half years of this pandemic, after two and a half years of, of avoiding uh, the Rona, like the plague that it is, it caught up to me as of last week. As of last week, Tuesday, uh, the Rona uh, caught up to your boy, Victor Omoyo, and um, it was not it was not a good time. Uh, but thankfully, uh, about 10 days before I caught the Rona, um, I did. I, I did receive the uh, uh, updated booster along with the f- uh, flu shot as well. So, um, so thankfully, my uh, uh, my bout with uh, COVID amounted to just a bad cold. I actually felt much worse when I had the flu years ago. So I'm thankful that I got the booster. That the booster worked its magic. Um, I don't want to think about what state I would have been in if I didn't get that booster because oof, I would have had a much more miserable time. But yeah, man, um, I noticed uh, I was feeling a bit off uh, last last week, Tuesday, when my voice sounded a little shaky. It, so- it sounded like um, like it dropped a couple of octaves. It, it kind of sounded like one of those um, uh, interviews uh, that you see where people want to you know, interview themselves in silhouette and they disguise their voices so they sound just like this, so you don't hear what they sound like. That's what my voice kind of sounded like uh, when, I, when, I, when I had the Rona, and then... Wednesday morning, I was hoping it was a cold. Um, Wednesday morning, I, I I took two at home tests and they both and they both uh, showed a positive result. So I was like, God oh, damn it, I got to stay home. So I had to work from home uh, uh, for the rest of last week. But <clears throat> but um I I but I did isolate. Um, as you can, as you, and as you can as you can hear, I have a very faint traces of a, of a lingering cough at best. But um, but my but my but my bout with COVID, um, you know, as as bad as it was, it wasn't as bad as I as I thought it would as I thought it would be. Um, thankfully, there were there was no shortness of breath. Um, I didn't lose my sense of smell or taste, except like for a few for a few hours on Friday night. Like it kind of it kind of waned in and out. Cause when I had severe congestion, uh, but then like on day five, like I was pretty much like right, right as rain. And, you know, I was able to go back to work, uh, earlier this week on Tuesday. So I'm just masking up. So whenever I'm outside, I just uh, keep the mask on. Um, and which, which I'll be doing for the foreseeable future. Um, because I really don't want to go with that, through that nonsense for a second time. Um, but, but again, uh, you know, uh, big ups to, um, to all of our scientists, our medical researchers and personnel, uh, who uh, who have who are developing, who have developed the updated booster, and are continuing to fight the good fight against this coronavirus. Uh, as you know, the pandemic is not over, but we are we are in a much better place than we were even just last year. So, I'm very thankful for that. Um, if you're for those of you who um, are still on the fence about getting boosted, do please get the booster, even if you had COVID in the past more protection is better than no protection and you know more the more antibodies you have the better so get boosted if you haven't done so already and uh yeah keep masking up when you need to and let's keep each other safe so yeah that's uh that was my bout with uh the rona 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 uh but i'm i'm here you know i'm still you know still still in the fight 
I see some peeps in the in the in the chat here. I see Afton. Um, thank you for joining us. I see Nick Quattrini. Uh, thank you for uh, uh, you know uh, taking time to uh, join us on at the Cornerstone Complex as well, uh, friend. Uh, he says. Uh, his comment is reads, remember, Vic, Birds of Prey Steelbook is just fancy words for factory sealed trash can, sir. Sir, I I I disagree wholeheartedly. And I will say, like like I, like I said at episode three hundred, give it ten years time, Birds of Prey will be regarded as a cult classic. One of those one of those films that did not get their that get their just due upon release it'll be one of those films that people realize hey you know man you know remember birds of prey you know that film wasn't as bad as we thought it was it was actually pretty cool and and as i established through the power of math birds of prey is better than 15 mcu films which about sell about, about like 52 percent of the mcu catalog so the numbers don't lie sorry you know you know and he spelled disaster for you at sacrifice so <laughs> So, um, oh, yes, and we see John Haponic in the chat as well, the, the friend of the show, DC Supervillain. He says, Birds of Prey was awesome, that that sandwich in the beginning is a dream come true. It was a fun comic book film. Yes, uh, that unhealthy egg and cheese sandwich uh, in Birds of Prey, mm, that would be schmacking with some Silk City hot sauce, I'll, let me tell you. And I, and I agree, Harley Quinn needs another film, whether it's a Birds of Prey sequel or like a Harley Quinn uh, solo venture. We need another Harley Quinn film. And and on, on that same note, DC needs to stop bullshitting. We need to get that uh, Batgirl film out into the ether. Just just put it on just put it on HBO Max. Like what what's what's the hold up? Like there's no reason to cancel that film and put it on the shelf permanently. So we want we want Batgirl and we want another Harley Quinn film. I agree. So yeah, uh, so yeah, here we are, and um, you know, uh, and you know, prior uh, to my uh, to my to my Rona excursion, I did have a chance to see two uh, films in the theater. Uh, one of which we saw with uh, with uh, Carl and I got to see with our with our pop stew brethren, uh, and it's the the my Zoom wallpaper for this week, and that is Gina Prince Bythewood's latest feature, The Woman King. Yes. Uh, the Woman King, starring Viola Davis, Thuso Mbedu, Lashana Lynch, Sheila Atim, John Boyega, Jimmy Odukoya, Hero Finds Tiffin, and Jordan Bolger. Uh, this film was actually uh, directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood. Uh, you know her at, from uh, Love and Basketball, uh, The Secret Life of Bees, uh, most recently The Old Guard, which is on Netflix. Uh, so this is uh, 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 Prince-Bythewood's second foray into action uh, filmmaking. And uh, the uh, the film was written by Dana Stevens with a story by uh, Mario Mar uh, Maria Bello, uh, the actress. Um, and uh, this film, uh, The Woman King, it's a, a historical a historical epic. It takes place in 1823, and it's uh, set in uh, West Africa, uh, in the West African Kingdom of Dahomey, and which is uh, and which is uh, enforced and protected by the. Uh, Agoji, which is the all-female warrior unit, uh, uh, which protects uh, the kingdom of Dahomey. Uh, Viola Davis plays General Naniska, who's the uh, leader of the Agoji, and she's like she's the tough as nails, commanding uh, leader that 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 keeps the warriors all in line. Um, John Boyega plays King Gezo, who's the who um who presides over the uh Dahomey Kingdom. And he's uh and he's uh trying and he's in a bit of a bind as well. Uh the story is um 
the kingdom of Dahomey, they've been, you know, trying to keep themselves, you know, above water by selling their people to uh, this to the rival to their rivals, the Oyo Empire, uh, which is led by uh, General Oba Ade, who's the main antagonist of the film. So he takes uh, the Dahomey um, uh, people, who whom they whom they they've sold him sold them to him, and in turn he's and in turn um, uh, Oba Ade sells the Dahomey uh, denizens and his own people as well to the Portuguese who've set up shop on the uh, coast. And so uh, the film, uh, it centers on, uh, much of the film rather, it centers on um, this young woman named Nawi, played by Thuso Umberu, who's this very defiant and very um, very fiery uh, young woman who who refuses to be... Uh, who refuses to uh, to be held, uh, you know, essentially prisoner in an arranged marriage with uh, with some abusive men, and so um, her father, her her who just can't, who doesn't know what else to do with her, sends her off to uh, join the Agoji, where she trains to uh, join their ranks as one of their warriors. And as as a member of the Agoji, um, she cannot take a husband. She cannot take a mate. She cannot have any kids. Like her life is is dedicated to protecting the kingdom, and just being the best uh, and deadliest warrior that she can be. And so, um, and you, so throughout the film, you kind of see her, her, um, her development along with, um, and how she relates to Viola Davis's character, General Naniska, as well as Lashana Lynch's character, uh, who is Izogi, who sort of takes, who sort of takes, takes, takes up a, a mentorship role um uh, for the young Nawi, like she's she's very hard, she's very tough as nails, but she always ha- but she also has a sweet side, and she sees a lot of herself in Nawi, and that's why they work together so well. Um, the film, the film is the film uh, by Gina Prince Bythewood. It is, uh, in short, it is excellent filmmaking. It is a uh, it is a film that is just sharply directed, and it's got it's got a strong vision. Uh, behind it, and I think I think what Gina Prince Bythewood does is she makes the mo- she brings out all of the sh- the strengths uh, from all of, from each of her, each of her cast uh, cast members um, from from Viola Davis who. You know, I mean, saying Viola Davis uh, delivers a great performance is like saying that water is wet or that, you know, the earth is round. Like, it's just an obvious fact. But here, uh, Viola Davis in this film, as her general Naniska, like, she balances this this intimidating, imposing presence as, like, the general. And then she also has a tender side, which... Um, which she, which she, which she tries to fight against in in some ways because you know, for for her for her her ethos uh, is to kill your tears, and she tells that uh, she 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 tries to promote that ethos to the rest of the uh, goji, uh, but you see like her story does develop in some really complex and very interesting and unexpected ways, and and there are plenty of scenes where you see. Uh, both like the heroism and the heartbreak all mingled together in her performance, and it's just something something to see. And I especially like her scenes with uh, Sheila a team's character uh, Amenza, who's sort of like her lieutenant, her like her her second in command, if you will. And she sort of like kind of functions functions as that bedrock uh, for General Naniska. Like um, um, Amenza is sort of like that that voice that can tell. Uh, Naniska like how it is you know without without undermining her authority in any way 
And so, like, their scenes together are, are, are quite strong in the film as well. Um, Fuso Mbedu's performance as Naoi is absolutely incredible. Um, I think that I think that uh, when when award season uh, rolls around, when you have like the the Oscars, Screen Actors Guild, Golden Globes, etc., I think she's I think she's she's going to get uh, some 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 notice, and and as as well she should because her performance was just so captivating like she's like this this fiery young woman and you know she's sort of like the audience avatar like she's sort of like the the one character that we kind of latch on to to help bring us into this world of the dahomey and the agoji and when you see her relationship with ashana lynch you know you kind of relate to her a bit more you kind of see you're kind of impressed by her acts of heroism her feats of uh, of bravery and you know, there's a there's also a, a scene in the film which I won't spoil. Which, man, she just unloads, just full of emotion onto the screen, and it's like, whew, man, like you talk about somebody who can really stand their own against a juggernaut like Viola Davis. Like Thuso Mbedu is a name that I think people should watch uh, and look out for uh, in the future. I, I'm re- I'm really looking forward to seeing more work from this actress as well because uh, she really shows out in The Woman King. Um, uh, I, I, what I, what I also really, uh, liked about this film in particular is that, um, <clears throat> the film doesn't shy away from, uh, Africa's, uh, role, a direct role in perpetuating the transatlantic slave trade. So it does, it does portray a sort of complex picture of the Dahomey where, um, you see General Naniska, like she, 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 she doesn't, she's none, she's none too pleased with the fact that they're trading their own people to the, uh, their rival empire, the Oyo empire. And at the same time, she's trying to fix, she's trying to get the, the King's ear played by John Boyega, trying to get his ear about how to, you know, sort of like, uh, transition away from that and sort of like use their own agricultural resources to, uh, to make money and to prosper. And then you see, and then you see the flip side of that with Oyo, you know, he's trying to survive. He's trying to, he's trying to ensure that his people survive, but in, in doing so, he has to make a deal with the devil, the colonizers, the Portuguese that, that, um, that not only enslave their people, but also look at Oyo himself as, as less than anyway. So he's sort of in that bind too, where, where you do feel for his predicament, but you know, throughout the film, the film doesn't make any mistake that this, this dude is also an antagonist in the film for a reason. Um, uh, what I also, so, so I, so I did appreciate that, that sort of complex portrayal, uh, of Africa's implicit, implicit involvement in the slave trade. And, and I, th- I thought that was a really, uh, a great way of, of depicting that, that element of the story without, without reducing everybody to like a simplistic archetype or, or a villain or like, you know, a, a one dimensional character. Like there's layers to everybody in, in the situation. And sort of, you kind of understand everyone's perspective, although, it, although, the, although the film does make it clear who the, who the antagonists uh, really are. And I won't get into any spoilers, of course. So, I mean, you'll when you see the film, you know what I mean. Um, Speaking of other uh, good performances in the film, John Boyega, oh, man, you talk about a young man who's just, who's just, he's just rocking and rolling with like great roles. Um, John Boyega is a hell of an actor, and man, even if, even when he's in a film that's not all that, he still he still provides a, a a great performance. And this film is no exception, and 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 the film is great too. But 
like seeing his character, you can tell that uh, John Boyega is really relishing, you know, playing an African king, you know, playing someone of, of authority, of substance. And, and you can and you kind of get that energy uh, from watching his performance too you see you kind of see how him how his character King Gezo like he's a young king and he's sort of inexperienced so he's aware that you know um, you know uh, the Oyo Empire is looking at him kind of sideways like hmm like how, how can we sort of like impose our will on this young king how can we get him to do our bidding but at the same time you see an innate fierceness and a cunning intelligence within him and he's trying to balance that out with, you know, listening to uh, General Naniska's input, his many wives' input, especially like one of them who is like this jealous uh, uh, woman who's who, who has her eyes all on the throne. And you kind of see like you, you kind of see like the gears turn in his head too. So his character was 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 rather interesting. So I really liked the fact that that Boyega was uh, uh, um, was included in this, in this film. Um, so yeah, as, you, as so yeah, as you can tell, like the film, the Woman King has absolutely no weak links in its cast, and I think that um, I think that I think that they should be uh, recognized uh, at the Screen Actors Guild for like the best ensemble cast. I think the Woman King is like a really strong contender in that regard. Um, some other fun facts about uh, the Woman King too is that the film was actually made with a budget of just fifty million dollars, and it was shot on location in South Africa, and so. You could tell that Gina Prince Bythewood like really made the most of the budget uh, and and really brought a lot of strong production values. Uh, the film is PG thirteen, so so like when you when you watch a film like this, when you look at other like um, sword and sandal epics of the past, like Gladiator, Braveheart, which are R rated. Um, like so, when, it, it, it was kind of like it took me a, 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 a few moments to kind of like to kind of get used to the PG thirteen. Uh, uh, violence in in the Woman King. So basically, with the Woman King, it's like it's like it's like in terms of like you know all, all the violence, all the action scenes, as well choreographed as they are, pretty much, pretty much this film would have been an R would have been rated R if you saw like blood spatter all over. And if the film and if the scenes were exact were shot exactly the same, just add blood, the film would have been R. So I think that it was a it was a good call to like keep that visceral intensity of the action. But just remove, remove, um, remove, un- remove all of the R-rated levels of bloodshed, basically, so that, so that you know, young girls can actually come, 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 come see this film, and, and yeah, I think that I, I, th- I think that was a good call, and, um, and but the action is is no less intense though. The the action is quite, uh, is quite gripping. <coughs> Excuse me. Um. Let's see. Um, also, also uh, one thing before I wrap up about the Woman King, and again, a highly recommended film. Please go see it in the theaters. It it will be added to my collection in 4K uh, once it drops. Um, what I like about uh, the making of the Woman King is that it, it, it's it's a it's a it's a strong example of how um, of how uh, white Hollywood is putting their money where its mouth is. So in this case, you have an actress, Maria Bello, who who uh, was inspired by the, uh, the the real life story of the Dahomey and the Agoji, and she actually sought out uh, Gina Prince Bythewood, and she saw she saw she wanted to get this movie made, and so she she came up with the story of the film, and so she used her her own clout, her own influence to to help get this movie made. So big ups to Maria Bello for. Um, for putting her money up and and making and making sure that the Woman King uh, uh, made its way to theaters because it's a great film and and big ups to Gina Prince Bythewood for making an excellent film as well. I think that uh, directorially this this is her best feature yet 
and man i'm really looking forward to seeing what she does next um um who knows maybe gina prince bythewood will make history maybe she'll become you know the the third woman uh in in oscar's history to win actually no the fourth woman in Oscars history to win Best Director, you know, after Catherine Bigelow for The Hurt Locker, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, and last year with um, uh, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. Who knows? Maybe Gina Prince Bythewood, maybe number four. Maybe she, and and she should be. She should earn a nomination uh, for Best Director for the strength of this film alone. So yeah, uh, the the Woman King. It's in theaters now. Um, go see it. It is absolutely worth the trip. Um, and I will, and I will definitely get this in 4K. I think Criterion should. I think Criterion should add this to their collection because I would get that too. So uh, yeah, so yeah, that's my thoughts on the Woman King. Looking at the comments here, um, John says, uh, "Look in, in regards to uh, Viola Davis, um, anticipating an Oscar, uh, more Oscars for the supporting cast." Yes, um, I I can definitely see Viola Davis getting nominated. Uh, for her performance in this film, as she should, and perhaps even a nomination for Thuso Mbedu and possibly Lashana Lynch as well for supporting uh, actors. Actors. Um, let's see. Uh, he also said that uh, Batgirl will hopefully be released. No Snyder Cut following. Disappointing since it is completed. Yes, I agree. Again, Warner Brothers should do the right thing and put that movie out uh, in theaters. Or not in theaters, but on HBO Max. So yeah, uh, so yeah, that's my thoughts on the Woman King, and uh, and speaking of movies that I've seen, I'm just gonna take a moment to to sort of oops to sort of change my background here. We're gonna transition into the next film I saw. There we go. And so the uh, next film, the the last film that I saw in theaters, um, and I, and I'm and once again I'm thankful that I had a chance to see it is. A24's latest horror film. It is the prequel uh, to the film X, uh, which came out earlier this year. Uh, the film is called Pearl, and Pearl is the prequel to X, and it uh, uh, stars Mia Goth, uh, David Corenswet, uh Tandy Wright, Matthew Sunderland, Emma Jenkins Pirro, and Alastair Sewell. Uh, the film was directed and co-written by Ty West, uh, who also co-wrote the film with uh, the star Mia Goth. And so, uh, Pearl is it's a prequel which takes place in 1918. It's set uh, 61 years before the events of X, which took place in 1979. And so, uh, Pearl. Uh, played by Mia Goth. She's this young woman who's this um who has this really dreary and dull life. She lives on her farm with her with her uh with her German immigrant mother and father who's uh currently paralyzed. He's a he's sort of an invalid. Um her husband Howard is serving in World War One, so she's basically you know, basically, you know, forced to, you know, kinda like uh tend to her her parents' farm. And, uh, she knows, she, and, and, you know, Pearl has, you know, big dreams. She has big dreams of being a, a, a famous dancer, singer, actress. Like she wants to be famous. She wants to see her, her, her face on the silver screen. And she wants, and she wants to do anything to escape the doldrums and, and the dreary dullness of her farm life lifestyle. And so, uh, and so, you know, she wants to be a chorus girl, but unfortunately her mother 
her mother Ruth, played by Tandy Wright, is this very stern, strict taskmaster who tells Pearl that you know she 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 needs to get these uh, th- her dreams out of her head, you know, of fame and fortune, and focus on helping the family, you know, focus on you know tending to the farm, you know, she she's very strict and she's like very. Like she's just she's so completely against Pearl's aspirations and dreams, and so um, the more that the more that Pearl is told no, the more her inner darkness begins to creep out, and then you see you see uh, the the makings the the beginnings of Pearl's downfall, uh, the the end result of which we saw in the movie X. Uh, so yeah, Pearl is uh, much like much like X. Uh, this is actually another stylistic uh, take of the horror genre. While Ty West's uh, previous film X was a was a visual send up of uh, an an homage to the '70s grindhouse, you know, horror exploit- exploitation films of of that decade. Uh, Pearl is more of like Pearl, you know, sort of like echoes the 1950s Technicolor. Uh, melodramas of that of that decade as well like so you think of like films from like say Douglas Sirk who wrote who did a written on the wind and magnificent obsession all that heaven all that heaven allows and and, and many others Uh, imitation of life Um, Pearl the film sort of kind of sort of uh, evokes that uh, that uh, visual flavor and so what I really enjoyed about this film is uh, Mia Goth's uh, performance and you know, in 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 the in the previous film X, you know, she plays the old version of Pearl, you know, this old woman who you know who starts killing people when she doesn't get the D. So in this film, you see, you see this you see this young version of Pearl who has these big dreams and stars in her eyes, and on some level, you you, you do feel for her. You see you see how fundamentally lonely. And 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 just just lonesome her character is, you know, her husband's away fighting fighting in World War One, you know, she's, you know, she she's she, she's uh, attracted to this uh, projectionist, um, played by, uh, played by David Cornsweet, who sort of like you know takes it takes a shine to Pearl and kind of shows her movies in, in 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 the theater that he works in. Um, you see you you see how you see how and why her character you know you know descends into evil you know you see you see how tragic pearl is her, the character pearl is on multiple levels like on one hand you know she has these she's driven by these unrequ- unrequired unrequited dreams she has she has like heartbreak and resentment that sort of like governs her day to day she has a domineering mother who doesn't understand her and all of, all of that sort of like feeds into her growing psychosis, and so, you know, there there are scenes where, um, where you kind of understand you kind of understand her, but at the same time, you know, you, you do see where you do see how and where you know things are sort of inevitable, you know, for her as the darkness grows in her. Like for example, there, there's a scene where you know she's walking home and she comes across a scarecrow. And she starts making out with the scarecrow, and then she does uh, some um, untoward things to- with the scarecrow, and it's like, 
Well, you know, I mean, it's 1918, you know, you know, PlayStation 5s didn't exist back then. So, you know, you, you got to get in where you fit in, right? I mean, if your partner's not there. But anyway, so y you see that and then you see the scenes where, you know, she's like with her with her father, like kind of taking care of him, tending to him. But, and, and her father, played by uh, Matthew Sunderland, like he's he's paralyzed he can't move he can't speak but you but you do but he but you can see you see like a fear in his eyes because he's he can't do anything and you, on some level you 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 kind of get a sense that that prior to whatever caused his paralysis him and pearl were perhaps closer than than she was with her with her mom ruth and you know you you kind of feel for him and and his, and his predicament as well um, as Pearl, you know, becomes further and further uh, uh, psychotic, um, there's this. There's a, another scene in the film where, uh, where where Pearl, um, you know, and, and her mother have it out at the at the dinner table, and, and that and that and shit goes south like completely. Um, there's there's one perhaps perhaps the, the defining scene in the film is about this this five to six minute monologue. That Mia Goth has as Pearl, where she just unloads like all of her heartbreak, all of her resentment, all of her dreams, all of her fears, all of her bitterness towards this other character, and it's just a complete like tour de force of a, of a performance. Like you're just looking at Mia Goth and just seeing her run the gamut of every single every single emotion, and there's this undercurrent of of just violence, just just uh, just beneath the surface. And you're you feel for her, but you're also repulsed by her, given given, you know what she does in the film and, and what she becomes, and, and what what you saw what you saw her become an ex, and, and it, it's just a fascinating performance, a fascinating turn to see. And so, if anything, uh, Mia Goth is like the biggest strength of this film, Pearl. And and if you're and if you're a fan of the film X, this is definitely a must see. And so. Man, just just seeing just seeing her, just seeing her uh, performance was was something to behold, and 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 her predicament, and you know, it makes me think of like a, a quote that Spike Lee once said, where he said that uh, parents kill more dreams than anyone, and it's so true because you know you know parents you know they want they want their kids to be successful, but and perhaps in the most safest and conventional way possible, like they don't like a lot of parents, you know don't want to, you know, fully believe or fully invest in their kids' dreams. And, you know, and, and, so, and unfortunately, a lot of kids do internalize that. And you do see that in the most extreme uh, way possible with Pearl. And so it's so you ha you come away with, with, a, with a protagonist that's both heartbreaking but also horrifying at the same time. And it really makes uh, the film X that much more, that much more special. Um, so, yeah, uh, Pearl, it's a, it's a great horror film. Um, it's it has that that weird fifties Technicolor vibe to it. Um, I really like Ty West's uh, style style in this film, like his evoking uh, a cinema of, of decades past. I'm really looking forward to seeing his follow up to Pearl and X. It's called Maxine, and that's uh, scheduled to come out next year. And my and Mia Goth is also going to return for that film as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Ty West and Mia Goth have up on their sleeve with Maxine to kind of round round out this X trilogy. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're a fan of horror films, if you're a fan of A24 uh, films and A24 horror films, most of all, 
Pearl is a must-see. It's in theaters now. Um, watch it as a double feature with X. Um, I, w- I will say, if you haven't seen X, um, you, can, you, can, you can come into Pearl Cold. Just look at Pearl, because you'll be watching it chronologically in that case. So in terms of story chrono- chron- chronology, Pearl is first, since that takes place decades before X. X. So if you haven't seen either film, you can watch Pearl first and then watch X, or you can watch X, since that film came out first, and then go ahead and watch Pearl. But either way, uh, you'll be... Uh, you'll be set with a really cool horror double feature for sure. So yeah, there it is. Uh, Pearl and The Woman King, both films in theaters now. (coughs) Excuse me as I take a sip of water here. That cold, refreshing drink. All right. Um, So yeah, um... AK, uh, Aaron Ferguson's in the com- in its comments here. He says that it would be criminal if Viola Davis doesn't get nominated. I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Um, it would be also it it would also be criminal if Mia Goth didn't get nominated either for Pearl. Um, that would be a rather uh, esoteric uh, ta- uh, nomination for the Oscars, but you know it was, it's also a great performance all the same. Uh, so yeah, <clears throat> speaking of movies, um, perhaps the biggest news, uh, biggest movie news to come out this week was uh, the the reveal that Hugh Jackman will be reprising his role as Wolverine in Deadpool 3. And Deadpool 3 coming out, uh, scheduled to come out September 6, 2024. Um, it was announced by Ryan Reynolds in a, in a cheeky little uh, Twitter uh, Twitter video. Um, the film will be directed by Sean Levy, who also directed Ryan Reynolds in Fall Guy uh, last year. Uh, D, uh, Deadpool 3 will also be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It will also be R-rated, uh, according to the film's writers, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. And this will also be a first for the MCU. This will be the first ever R-rated film in the MCU. Um, also, uh, Deadpool 3 will mark the second time that Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds will appear together on screen in their respective roles as Wade Wilson and uh, Logan, uh, following the god-awful 2009 feature X-Men Origins Wolverine, which John Haponic likes for some reason. I don't know why. Um, you know, uh, when, I, when I heard the news that uh, Hugh Jackman will be reprising his role, you know what? I wasn't... I, I, at first, I thought that I would have. I, I was surprised, rather. I was surprised that I wasn't as mad, or or annoyed by it as as I thought I would have been. And the reason I say that is because you know uh, the 2017 film Logan was such an excellent send off for Hugh Jackman in that role as as Logan slash Wolverine. And I and I and I always felt that you know to bring back Hugh Jackman in any new X-Men film after Logan is would be a huge slap in the face to this movie. But when I heard that Hugh Jackman was announced for Deadpool 3, I was I was actually fine with it. And the reason why is because you know, uh with the with the whole with the whole multiverse concept Logan is just one version, one variant of that character that we all that we've all seen for the past twenty years. So we're obviously going to get a different Logan, a different Wolverine in Deadpool three. Also, with with the uh, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, you know, as, as established that you know there's multiple universes all across the multiverse with different different sets of rules, and so for me. 
uh, it's easy to look at Deadpool's universe rather as a universe where it's it's an it's a deeply ironic one. So the I I like to imagine that across the multiverse, Deadpool lives in a version of the universe where it's deeply ironic. It's all meta. It's all winking and nods at the, at the camera, acknowledging acknowledging that it's a movie that they're inhabiting and that there's an audience watching them. And so knowing that and knowing the the vibe of Deadpool as a character and Deadpool as a series, both in comics and on film, you know, Deadpool three doesn't have any obligation. To, to hold any sort of reverence and, and, and continuity for previous MCU films. So it's easy to look at look at this as saying, okay, we're going to see a different version of Logan. We're going to see a different version of any any MCU character that, that we've seen before. You know, mix it up in this pocket of the multiverse. So that's how I just, so that's how I'm viewing Deadpool three. And and really, it's really the in my view the only sensible way that. Deadpool's place in the MCU would make any sort of sense. And so and so with that in mind, I don't mind that Hugh Jackman is coming back for this one. Uh and, and if anything, I think that it'll be a pretty fun and hilarious uh uh team up. Um looking at looking at the comments here, uh, Nick Quattrini um uh chimes in. He says, Deadpool three, a uh, movie of the year. Um, I heard that they, that they can't recast X Men until 2025, so I think it makes sense to get him now while we can. Yeah, if that, if that's the case, and then 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 definitely, uh, yeah, I would say that like this is a really cool way to sort of um, to sort of like throw the MCU fans a bone by having Hugh Jackman, you know, reprise his role one more time and kind of like you know. So so that way so, so that way the fans could say that oh you know hey we had Hugh Jackman's Wolverine in the MCU what that one time just like just like fans can say that they had Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield uh, get involved in the MCU with No Way Home. Um, let's see. Uh, however, um, I I would I will say, I, I I will say that it would be, it would be screenwriting and creative malpractice. If if Disney and, and and the MCU and Marvel decided to you know rest on their laurels, rest on their laurels and say, hey, you know what? We have Hugh Jackman. He's an established name. You know, he's made Wolverine his own for the past twenty two years. You know what? He's going to be Wolverine for the MCU moving forward. I don't think I don't think Disney would do that. But if they did, if they decided to sort of like just you know take the fans for granted and rest on their laurels by having Hugh by having Hugh Jackman reprise the role for like two or three more MCU films that would that would be the real slap in the face in my opinion i think that if you're going to if you're going to introduce x-men into the MCU properly it, ha- it has to be with all new actors nobody whom we have seen before in any of these roles any of these characters so no james mcavoy no michael fassbender no patrick stewart no ian mckellen no hugh jackman no anybody that we've seen before all new cast all new all different so so um if if you if you if what if you if what if if what you say is true Nick about you know uh the MCU Disney Marvel not casting uh new actors until 2025 then at least that gives them a bit of a bit a bit of time to sort of think about who they want in those roles and what characters they do want to introduce to the, to the MCU so that the X-Men can have a proper introduction into the larger uh, MCU uh, uh, Chris Stewart asks, uh, in terms of uh, Wolverine or Deadpool, does he kill the MCU universe or cause an incursion? Hmm, 
a good question. Um, I hear that uh, incursions are, are going to be like the big thing, um, the big buzzword uh, mov- moving forward with the multiverse. Uh, that was introduced in the uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So who knows? Who knows? We'll we'll have to w- we'll have to wait and see. Um, ooh, Carl Urban. Carl Urban would have been a great Logan. He would have been a great Wolverine, uh, but he said he won't do it. Um, yeah, I, I think that with Carl Urban, that's one of those like uh, fan castings that you know it's just fun to dream. It's just fun to kind of like Photoshop, just like how fans uh, Photoshop John Krasinski as you know Reed Richards from for many years before we actually saw him in the Doctor Strange Part Two. Um, yeah, uh, Deadpool and Wolverine plus maybe a Spider Man cameo. I'm down. I think a lot. Of, I think a lot of fans really, really are are clamoring to see the fastball special uh that's been uh, so popular in the comics to see a live action version of that where i think where i guess where wolverine throws spider-man at somebody so hey i mean if we get to see that then that's cool hey, hey you know that'll be that'll be one of those like cheap pops for the uh, uh for the audience you know for for the fans that rep the red brand you know you know you y'all y'all clap like circus seals you know, when it, whenever you see a, a cheap hot moment like that. Anyway, um, not mentioning, not talking about anybody in particular. Uh, uh, AK says that uh, Patrick Stewart has died too many times as Xavier to bring him back. That is true. Yes, he did die in uh, X-Men, The Last Stand in 06. Uh, also Logan in 2017 and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness as well. So, you know... And then AK, AK uh, Chris uh, Stewart responds, AK, you can never die enough if you're Professor X. <laughs> uh, perhaps that's true for the comics, but for the film, like it's gonna it's gonna be like a whole South Kenny and South Park situation. It's like it's gonna be kind of a punchline if he keeps dying. So it's like, eh, you know, you might as well have somebody new in the role, and maybe they can die like five movies later. Um, let's see. So, so yeah, uh, Deadpool. Um, Deadpool three in the in the MCU. I'm actually looking forward to it. Um, I did enjoy the first two films. Uh, I, I will I will say thinking thinking of Deadpool's uh, place in the MCU. Um, I, I would like to, and I, and I've said this before in the podcast as well. But <clears throat> what I what I I think that I think that Marvel should take a page from Warner Brothers and DC's playbook in that you can have two two separate lines of films and shows where you can have like the main you can have like the main MCU with like where, where everything is interconnected and everything's working towards like a big bad like uh, or a huge a huge broad story a shared universe and then you can have another set of films and shows where you can focus on like one-offs you can you can focus on more filmmaker driven uh, type fair case in point like with DC you have like the main DCEU and then you have um, like and then you have films like The Joker, and then you have films like The Batman with Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves, where where these are films that are separate from like the main continuity of the DCEU, but you also have films and shows that kind of that can explore uh, these characters with different filmmakers in, in more interesting ways that don't feel the need to interconnect every last thing, and I think that Deadpool provides provides the MCU and Disney with a unique opportunity to adopt that same 
uh, that same approach where you can keep the mainline MCU, but also have a separate uh, separate train, a separate path where you can have these characters be explored in more interesting and dynamic ways. And so hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll get to see a bit more of that moving forward. And hopefully Deadpool can provide a really cool opportunity for that as well. Uh, so it's not so it's not just like meta, you know, wink, winking, you know, being ironic at the camera, but also like having chances where you can having versions of characters that you can explore um, in like one offs, interesting one off films or films that can kind of explore it in different ways that don't necessarily have to tie back to like the larger multiverse king storyline, secret wars, all of that. No, you know, um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, Imani says uh, it's confusing. No, it's confusing and causes people to ask questions about continuity. I disagree. Um, I think that you, you can make it. You can make it clear uh, to the two viewers that you have two trains of uh, two trains of um, of of um, of storytelling, where you have one, where you have one-offs, and then you have like the main the main uh, uh, continuity. I think with the multiverse concept, I think the multiverse concept with 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 Marvel, it hasn't been explored to its fullest potential yet. So that so that's where you can go go wild and crazy with like a whole different set. So you can kind of like label like the one-offs as like Marvel Elseworlds or something or, or or something like that or some kind of like label, and then you can have like your mainline MCU and make it clear for the fans that okay we're looking at two different things. So uh, so we can so we have one 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 version we can follow and then this other version of characters that we can acknowledge and and choose pick and choose whenever we like. So that would be so. That, I think that would be cool. Um, John Haponic says I can use a good romantic comedy or Disney movie in my life. <laughs> I listen. I I watch all kinds of movies. Um, I've seen plenty of romantic rom coms, uh, uh, Disney movies. Um, I I know that I still need to watch Moana. Um, haven't seen that all these years. I still need to watch Encanto, but. Um, and I, and I know I know you're included in this number, John. But um, uh, I, I've I've run into sev- several parents who have said that they have watched Encanto literally dozens of times because their kids keep talk keep talking about that song. We don't talk about Bruno or something like that. So hey, you know, um, I'll, I'll I'll get around to to both films eventually. Um, oh, Daniel Radcliffe. Is still John Haponic's favorite Wolverine pick. Daniel Radcliffe would be a radical choice, a radical choice to play Wolverine. I would really like to see Daniel Radcliffe play that role, and it would be it would be perhaps it would be risky and audacious casting, but much like Heath Ledger uh, in the Joker as a Joker in the, in the Dark Knight, Radcliffe Radcliffe has the capacity to, to surprise all of us, and he chooses very interesting roles too as well. So post Harry Potter, you know. You know, I, 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 he's he's got a ton of range, and so Radcliffe as Wolverine would be something I would I would like to see, if not in the main line, if not in the mainline MCU, certainly in one of those like one-off uh, films or shows that I mentioned. Um, <clears throat> let's see, looking at looking at the comments here, uh, an MCU rom com would be dope. Um, I know that I know. Uh, Marvel's kind of touched on that a little with uh, the closest thing that they, that, they, that they touched that genre with was Ant-Man and the Wasp but that was more like like superficial superficial service level at best but, but like a straight MC a straight rom- romantic comedy MCU film would be pretty refreshing 
you know, I, I would like to see that. Um, let's see. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's, there's plenty of, um, there's plenty of uh, opportunities for creative opportunities that the uh, that Marvel can explore uh, with with Deadpool and with uh, with the return of Wolverine. Um, but yeah, but yeah, um, let's. But yeah, Deadpool three, like I said, once again, it's coming out September sixth, twenty twenty four. So got a couple of years uh, the, uh, before while, while we wait for that. So let's see. Uh, let, let's see. Let's see how it goes. Um, <clears throat> But but yeah, um, I I I will say that in the interim, we we do deserve another Birds of Prey film. I would like I, I would like to see another Birds of Prey sequel. I do want to see another Harley Quinn film, a solo Harley Quinn adventure. Um, and yeah, man, I I I, I think I think the world and, and we do need to see Batgirl as well. So, uh, the the world is ready, uh, for for those um. Uh, f- for those uh, cinematic uh, diamonds in the rough. Uh, John Haponic says, you're getting Deadpool and Wolverine. Any other special team-ups you would like to see? Mm. That's, you know, that's a, that's a good question. Um, any other team-ups that we would like to see that we haven't seen yet on screen, like in film? Um, so far, I know that we've seen, you know, the three Spider-Men uh, Holland, McGuire, and Garfield. We saw them team up with No Way Home. Um, we're getting we're getting Hugh Jackman and and Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool and Wolverine. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think of some other uh, interesting team ups that we haven't seen on screen yet. I don't know. You know, I I, I really can't really can't think of any of of any uh. Any team ups that come to mind? Uh, Aaron Ferguson says, um, "I don't know how WB drops ninety million plus on a film and just shelves it." Yeah, that's that's weird. I think that has something to do with their um, with HBO or Warner's um, uh, merger with Discovery. Uh, so that's that's a whole bunch of business shenanigans right there. Ooh, Blade and Ghost Rider. That would be interesting. You know, um, sort of like a action horror occult type occult type deal right there uh wesley oh wesley snipes blade and luke cage okay okay that 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 might work that might work you know some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill you know (laughs) um man some team-ups that we haven't seen I mean, we've already seen Guardians and Thor for a little bit. Um, yeah, can't yeah, I can't really think of any of of, of any team ups that we haven't seen before uh, on screen yet. But yeah, um, but yeah, uh, what's what say y'all? Drop them in the comments. Um, but yeah, uh, that that about uh, wraps it up for this week's uh, episode of Victor's Corner. Uh, once again, I just wanted to provide some quick uh, some quick codex codexy uh, content uh, for y'all uh, as we uh, as we you know kind of uh, wait for episode three hundred one. Once again, uh, thank y'all for watching and 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 listening and dropping comments here in the chat. Uh, you can find all of our episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify. 
uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, wherever you can find podcasts, just Google Codex Prime Podcasts. You'll find us everywhere. Uh, we're also we also do our episodes on the main show um, Tuesday evenings, eight p.m. ish Eastern, between eight and eight thirty. You know, kind of depends on you know when we start. Um, but yeah, we're on Facebook Live Tuesday evenings. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Codex Prime Cast and Instagram at Codex Prime Podcast. So feel free to follow us, you know, and um, like our posts, share all that good stuff. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram as well at Victor Omoyo, where I post uh, films for my collection as well as the occasional book and video game. So yeah, that's me. That's that's me right there. Uh, so yeah, that about wraps it up for this week's episode of Victor's Corner. Um, oh, before I wrap up here, uh, Nick has one, one one last comment here. Do you think that they could do Ironheart with Namor? Hmm. You know, it, it kind of depends on how Wakanda Forever uh, uh, resolves. You know, once we see Wakanda Forever and we, and we see the extent of Ironheart's role, Riri Williams, how she factors into that narrative, you know, we shall see. We shall see. But yeah, uh, thank you all for watching and listening once again. Uh, uh, tune in. Uh, we will have episode 301 coming soon. So as always, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds.